0: Welcome to the D program podcast. I am your host, Dexter. My co-host is Shannon. Hello. And um today's episode is gonna be kind of fun. We're gonna be talking about the four pillars of Curly cultivation. So we started a new Instagram page um in which it's I called
1: ga- the Curly Cultivation. <coughs> it's
0: called the Curly Cultivation, which we're gonna follow our journey on the farm. And a couple, we'll we'll talk about it in this episode. So, uh, just stick with us. Stay tuned. Um, A quick life update: a lot has changed. We've now been down here at the farm for four months. I think it's our four month anniversary. So now I've this year I went from being employed with the Amarillo Fire Department to where now I'm employed with the Stephenville Fire Department primarily riding on an ambulance uh shannon killed her class do you want to give a little update about your class babe
1: i don't know exactly what you mean to say but this semester is over um i guess i don't know what people know about english degrees or anything like that but what's typical for any semester for english undergrad or grad school especially you write a paper at the end of the semester so typically for any grad semester for English or linguistics, you're writing a twenty-page paper of topic of your choosing. That's just what's standard. So I wrote my paper, I finished it, I got an A. So
0: you finished the class with a, with what?
1: <laughs> a one hundred and one.
0: A one hundred and one. Everybody, that's who I'm recording a podcast with today. <laughs> so, uh. So, I would overall say that this last semester, although hectic and uh, a lot of change encompassed, uh, we both have something to show for it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's amazing that it's already been a semester. Yeah. And just
0: we're kind of settling down, settling in down here. I think we
1: finally found a rhythm, at least.
0: Enough f- of a rhythm. Yeah,
1: I feel like there's still more settling and to do. The house still isn't exactly as we want it. We're still finding routines, but for the most part, we're in and we're comfortable. At least, much more than we were even a month ago.
0: Yeah we we've, we've definitely we've definitely made a lot of improvements, a lot of a lot of change recently. So, um, Emmett's. Uh, enjoying his pre-k class i I think think. so yeah making some friends and we've had a couple of different instances that have been pretty fun that we've gotten to do with him um around that around having new friends and whatnot and then um callahan is becoming a farmhand
1: he is built for this life so he he loves it
0: settles settled in without too much uh, stress.
1: This kid didn't have any stress and didn't have to settle in. Like no. this was the life he was made for. He dreams about cows. He wants to be on a tractor all day long. He wants to work. Give him a shovel and he will go outside and start working.
0: Yeah, he he definitely he he definitely knows that he wants to be a manual laborer. It's almost frustrating.
1: It's adorable but frustrating because every day it's feed cows. Feed cow, feed pet cows, hey. pet pet cows. I'm like, oh my gosh! I'm sorry, we weren't doing that right now.
0: Yeah, he is definitely he's by def- tractor. He's definitely um oppressive in his uh, enthusiasm.
1: Yeah, he so loves it.
0: He loves it. So it's been a lot of fun. All of those things have been great, and um, let's see, we're we've been working on the gram, so. Uh, the, the Curely Cultivation is our new... We
1: started an Instagram account just to kind of document what we're doing.
0: Right, and then today we recorded our first reel. We did, it was was, big progress. I was, I'm now, uh, a really. i I've been in a reel.
1: Is that what they call those people? I don't know. I don't don't think so. I feel like
0: there should be something called, you know? Like, somebody who's on MySpace should have, like, a nomenclature associated. But they didn't. You say that they, I think, I think we could maybe start that, <laughs> but anyway, so that's st- separate from the Curly cultivation. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> if you uh, are interested, if you're not already following and you're hearing this, go check out our Instagram, the new one, that's the Curly cultivation. Everything will still be <clears throat> linked back to the website the same way. We're really hoping to take the podcast and kind of go in parallel paths with the Instagram.
1: The way I see it is the Instagram will be more surface level thoughts. Not bad. I don't mean that in a bad way or negative way, but just simpler. Of course, they're more narrow thoughts because they have to fit into a small box. So a simpler narrower version of the thoughts that we have, whereas the podcast is a place to really expound upon those thoughts and bring in more abstract thoughts as well. So that's kind of how I view the two. They, they, they complement each other. It's the same ideas. One just goes into more depth.
0: I think I might have just fixed something on the board. I'm not exactly sure. But sorry, everybody, my kids... The way I usually leave my podcasting board is, um, I adjust it, and then I've I've kind of never really learned what I'm doing. But once I get the adjustments correct, I just leave them there. And uh, I left it out mistakenly after our last recording, and the kids just grabbed it. You know, so they moved a lot of stuff, and I'm not exactly sure if it's in the exact same configuration. But we're gonna get through it. Um, so. Uh, let's see. We've been doing some just general farm work as well, which has been fun. Wouldn't you say, like, helping with the cows?
1: Yeah, I feel like there's so so much to learn. I think we both moved down here thinking we knew more than we actually knew.
0: Oh, the the humility that I am now faced with every single day. Is astonishing. Really, that's what I would say. My twenty twenty one really represents to me. It's humility. Humility. It's just like be humble. With- hey,
1: that's a good end of year reflection.
0: Oh yeah, it's been. Uh, it's been a. It's been a big realization, to say the least. That. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I feel like. I don't know, even on social media or just people you talk to, I feel like everyone always says, move out of your hometown. And I get it now, because you're just faced with so many new things. You're presented with all these things you maybe thought you knew and you don't know. Just new challenges, new adventures, and we've been through all of it, or we're, we're currently going through it, well, that- and it's so transformative,
0: that has been one thing that's been very interesting to me is the fact that now I'm starting at a new department with a new group of guys. And it's it's kind of interesting because now it's like I have some time in the fire service, but I'm having to like reestablish this new like baseline with a new group of guys. And I've been very lucky. All of them are super cool, and it's been a really fun, good experience, but it it's a humbling experience at the same time. So
1: you get out of your comfort zone.
0: Yeah. It's definitely moving down here. And then like I'm sure at some point in time we'll I want to do a podcast with Justin, which is one of the neighbors that we have down here. But he's been teaching me how to hunt and like little bitty things that I think if you If you're just sitting on your couch at the house and you watch a hunting show and you think, oh, I could easily do that, there's nothing to that. There's a lot, there is actually a lot to it and a lot of intricacies and understanding the animal um, that I never realized. And so I have been humbled in my experience with that, among other things. So it is, it's just been a. Continual hum humility hand slapping me in the face. Well,
1: and we may have discussed this the last podcast. I don't remember. Not only did I think have we learned that we don't know most of this kind of stuff, but also <laughs> I did not realize exactly what we were stepping into. No. I grew up in Bushland, so I'm familiar with small town. And I think I was having that in my mind. Like, oh, I this is how I grew up. Very small town. Out in the country, right? And then when I move here, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this is country. Yeah, it's a
0: different level of country. It
1: is a different level of country. I was not expecting it.
0: Well, and what's funny is...
1: I um, may have said that before, but that's still like... Amarillo, I
0: Amarillo is, is a very large rural town to say it, um, it's not metropolitan like Dallas or Fort Worth or, you know, what you would think of as a big city, but it's definitely not small city either. It's, it's a lot It's just different. So it has, it has been, uh, eye opening. In a very good way. Yeah. I, I think a lot of times people say eye-opening in like a bad way, but no, this is, I think this has been a... It
1: is good. I think it just took me by surprise. Just wasn't, we've wasn't been quite at, ready for
0: it. We've had a very good, uh, very good go of it. A lot of, a lot of luck, I feel like, because...
1: Yeah, I guess so.
0: You know, like, we've had some good things happen. Sure. So, anyway, um, how, how would you say living in a one-bedroom farmhouse is
1: you know i've actually i've really appreciated it and i think there's several thoughts i have on it one it's actually not that different for the most part i don't notice a difference and i think mainly because with two little kids it doesn't matter where i am even in a big house kids are going to be with me Mm -hmm. they're always on top of me so i think i'm used to that So a small house, the kids are always with me. It doesn't matter. Like, it's the same.
0: Well, and you like them sleeping with you. Oh, and... I love
1: Well, because you work overnight. Mm-hmm. So when you're not here, they sleep with me. And I, I love it. I mm-hmm. mean, they're not going to sleep with me forever. So I might as well enjoy the time that they oh, think it's yeah. fun. Because that's fleeting. Yeah, it is fleeting. So I, I don't think the size is actually a big deal at all. For all the people who I've talked to have said, oh, I don't think I could ever do that. It really is no different. The only thing that I think is a challenge and requires creativity is storage. Oh, yeah. But that's also super eye-opening because this is an original farmhouse. This is what my great-great-great parents lived in, right? So this Mm -hmm. is their house. And even since then, a pantry has been added on. So for this one-bedroom house, there's one closet
0: Small, tiny, like, yeah. I would call it a coat closet, yeah.
1: I, I mean, yeah, it is the size of a coat closet, but that's what they lived in. And I think it was five or six people living in this house originally, yeah. I think it was six. And I, six I, I've really enjoyed talking to my grandmother about it because she remembers coming here as a child.
0: Or as five adults and one child when they originally whenever okay, names I couldn't remember to what. Us about
1: it. And then um and then she also lived here later on, but that's what she said people just didn't have stuff. You just didn't have enough stuff to need um a storage unit. And so I don't know being faced with that every single day Not just that I have a lot of stuff, but also being faced with what people used to have. Oh, yeah. Every single day. I don't know. It's... I like it. It makes me think of it every single day of, wow... Look at how much stuff that we have.
0: Oh, I know. Well, and it's just even crazy because I felt like in Amarillo we were pretty minimalist. I felt like.
1: Yeah, I mean, but I feel then, like we do live a minimal lifestyle, yeah, but, but then moving, just not, not cutting, compared to what people used to have.
0: Yeah, cutting our indoor square footage by half or more So, than
1: yeah, the storage half. is the hardest part of it. But, hey, you just got to get a few more little, um, little under-the-bed storage containers. Yeah, it
0: hadn't been bad. Well, Okay, well, um, so uh, if you're listening to this, hop over. If you're over. still listening. If you're still listening, please hop over to the website. Check out. I've got a couple short stories. I I need to get all my short stories up on there. Uh, I think we're going to start writing some blog posts, possibly coinciding with this, uh, the four pillars of uh, the Kearley cultivation. You know, we've kind of come up with some different stuff and, it's inspired me to write some stuff, so we'll see what ends up coming out from all that. But uh, hop over there, that, and then uh, also just give the uh, the Instagram page a follow. That's that's how you can support the podcast at the current moment. So, anyway, hopefully you enjoy the episode and uh, have fun. What gives you the right? Well, I am a ticking time bomb, a fury. This can't be happening, man. This isn't happening. Let's see it. Well, what if there is no tomorrow? Don't start melting, ladies, because the boy is hotter than hot. I'm the best chance you've got. Okay. So it was the four pillars of the Kearley cultivation. And then at some point it got cut down to the three pillars. And then it got bounced back up to the four pillars. So this, uh, this segment is called the four pillars of the Kearley cultivation. So uh, we kind of always had in mind... That we were going to do this, follow us along as we move to the farmhouse. Pretty much since we realized we were going to be moving into the farmhouse, it was kind of one of almost maybe a compensating mechanism, you know? Where it was like, well, it's going to be an adventure, you know? like, Yeah. Um, and, you know, the... Um, The almost guarantee that it's going to be temporary and different stuff. But uh, I definitely feel like we were, we had become something in Amarillo. And as the, uh, I believe it's a biblical verse, you know, where it says uh, there's no such thing as a prophet in his hometown. You almost... Through becoming something, you have to leave and you have to go and do something different. You almost have to escape your comfort zone.
1: Yeah, I think there's a couple different things. I don't know. I guess just speaking from a woman's point of view as a mom, I could see it happening where... Life just was life was happening without my say in things, if that makes sense. So I grew up again, at least in a small town. We rode dirt bikes, we played outside, we hiked, we had bonfires. I feel like we did a lot. And then I got a little older, moved to Amarillo. We got married. and then that kind of went away. and then we started rock climbing. And we did things like that where it's like okay we're still outside we're moving well, that's we're taking what we trips did
0: before we had kids yeah we
1: were just married yeah and then we get we then we have kids and that kind of stops I mean we tried it is just hard Whew. I mean we we took climbing trips with Emmett and it I well, mean it was climbing, exhausting climbing
0: trips in themselves are hard and then I think when you add uh, infant or toddler on top of that it becomes really stressful.
1: So then I feel like before I knew it, we were this couple who did not do any of that. We did not do anything. Right. We were figuring out how to budget, make money, and pay taxes, and what's our retirement plan? And Yeah, we kind
0: of, um, adulthood, I think for partially because I was on the fire department and I think it is, I think I've referred to it before as a sort of never-never land, where you get to go there and you don't necessarily have to grow up in some of the ways that other professions have to grow up, you know? You grow up in other ways, I guess. Um, but I was, I think, 24 when we met, right? 23 or
1: 24? I don't know.
0: You were 18?
1: I was 19. When we met? Uh-huh. So you are probably 23?
0: Okay, that's right, because we got married when you were 20, so I was 23, probably. So, yeah, we were were young. (laughs) But we were young, and I think I was making good money for my situation and not having any debt, really. And you were kind of a carefree college kid. And so, what?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I think you can continue. Uh, I think... Okay, continue. Sorry, continue.
0: Well, I mean, I was just going to say it was it's one of those things where we were in this almost like Goldilocks zone for a period of time where we were making enough money for anything we wanted to do and we didn't necessarily have anything pressing on us to think about the future. Well,
1: but I think that's I think that's normal and common. Is I guess my point is you're one person in childhood Or you have different hobbies and whatnot in childhood, and then you have young adult hobbies and things, and then before you know it, you're an adult and you have adult hobbies. And none of that's bad, but I can see, especially with kids on top, how very quickly life will take over unless you're very intentional about what you want to do with your time.
0: Yeah, no doubt.
1: Time will fill itself, and you have to make a point of filling it with things that you want to be doing
0: there's no doubt there that time will fill itself hey you got your phone on you yes so um throw out that throw quote real quick so Um, i think
1: just going off of that at least real quick i think we got to a point in amarillo where time had filled itself and we would look at each other and say, okay, we're living We're living a life that is very comfortable and a good life. We have a good house and healthy kids and a good job and everything's going well. But it, I don't think it was the life we ever intended to live. Yeah. It just kind of happened.
0: Well, and I think it didn't necessarily match up. I felt like in Amarillo from as early as I can remember, not that the Amarillo – fire department didn't fit me because I actually really felt like it did. But I think it was more of something almost like you you've gotta leave uh what you're comfortable with yeah, in order so, to you know Yeah.
1: I think there's ways to do that without moving, but in our case moving kind of as a catalyst for that. Well
0: and, and also I and think helped. I think it was the circumstances around what we moving to a farm. You oh know? yeah. So definitely. there was, there was definitely some different, um, uh, different factors, but all that to say that I think the four pillars of the cult, the curly cultivation come from the, the fact that Amarillo made us something that also forced us to leave. Yeah. Are you got the thing pulled up yet? I, sh- I guess I should have prompted no, you. No, I've got before. it. Sorry.
1: Um, Right here. Okay, are you ready? Yes. Okay. Well, just a preface, real quick. This is by Henry David Thoreau from Walden. It is my.
0: You said mon motto. My like this quote would be maybe. like
1: my mantra. I think is great. It is like what is guiding. Although me. it's a
0: little long for a mantra. Sure, but I
1: love it anyway. So hush. Okay. But yeah, I feel like his book is just like a a beacon. I love it. It's, it's what I connect with and what I aspire to live like. So here's one of the most popular quotes and like one of his best quotes from the book. I went to the woods because I wished to live deliberately, to front only the essential facts of life and see if I could not learn what it had to teach, and not, when I came to die, discover that I had not lived. I did not wish to live what was not life. Living is so dear, nor did I wish to practice resignation unless it was quite necessary. I wanted to live deep and suck out all the marrow of life, to live so sturdily and spartan-like as to put to rout all that was not life, to cut a broad swath and shave close, to drive life into a corner and reduce it to its lowest terms, and, if it proved to be mean— Why then to get to the whole and genuine meanness of it and publish its meanness to the world? Or, if it were sublime, to know it by experience and be able to give a true account of it in my next excursion. Oh, Oh, it gets me. I love it.
0: And it's so interesting, like, listening to that, that quote and thinking about it in the context of the metaverse and all of this consumerism and not to not to say that metaverse is bad and not to say that consumerism isn't you know is completely evil or anything well
1: just to give a quick a summary of thoreau and his beliefs he wanted to step away from society because he felt that we needed to get back in touch with ourselves in nature and so he went to the woods and he built his house by hand
0: uh to be noted it was uh emerson's land oh yeah he built the cabin on so uh ralph waldo or
1: yeah ralph waldo emerson
0: yeah ralph waldo emerson uh was I guess the previous generations, like basically the guy who kicked off transcendental existence. Transcendentalism. Right. And so, and then this was like a pupil of his, you know. Yeah. So
1: all the transcendentalists mainly believe, to give like a very shallow summary, that you can get back in touch with yourself if you could just pull away from society. And not, not that society is bad, but you need to find out what is within you first. It's
0: almost like there is a essence. Yes, there is in you an intrinsic good. There's an intrinsic good, and then and the world around you, in a lot of ways, covers it up and gets you uh, a little bit more maybe distracted. Yeah, especially when you
1: don't know who you are beforehand and then you listen to the world and then you just are confused.
0: Or like the way that it is now where you're born into a world of hyper-reality.
1: <clears throat> yeah. And it's,
0: it's very difficult to, like, Like for instance, I watched The Rugrats growing up. I uh, watched probably every single episode of that cartoon. Uh, and that Shaped a lot, like it shaped portions of the way that I view the world. You know, well, it's a high. It was a cartoon. It was a crafted reality that I then in is
1: shaping your reality,
0: now. You know, so it is. It is kind of interesting just to imagine stepping back. What close to was he? Probably one hundred fifty years. One hundred fifty years back. Sure. Yeah, 150, that put us in like 1870. Yeah. Somewhere in that area. I think that's so, where, I where he
1: was. Well, and just one more note on, well, two more notes on throw, then I'll be done because I love throw. Anyways, one, he was very big on making things. So, whether this was conscious or not, he was a pencil maker originally. Mm-hmm. And it then he his, ended up becoming that's what
0: an, his dad was right like his yeah he like followed and he was almost like an apprentice to. But his But then dad. he
1: went to go on to be an author, and his whole point is to be connected to your work.
0: Like he literally built the pencil that that he wrote with. Wrote it's
1: with. beautiful, right? So then he wants to go live in the woods, and he wants to build his house, and his whole thing, which is actually in a way kind of Marxist. There's no alienation of labor. Be be a part of labor. You can't respect the product when you were so distant from the labor.
0: You I think n- it's, it's difficult. Um, it's going to become increasingly difficult to speak about all these different things like labor and economics without referring to a little bit of Marx. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, know? that specifically is very marxist
0: it is it is marxist but it's not communist no you know it's 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 kind of i I just wanted to most theorists
1: i feel like overlap at some point it's
0: interesting because i've actually heard several people refer to thoreau and emerson as anarchists
1: they yeah they believe in kind of people taking care of themselves yeah kind of but i don't i don't even know if they'd i guess i don't know if they'd call themselves
0: Anarchist. I don't know if anarchists...
1: They believe in a being term. a responsible citizen. Right. And so my second part of what I was going to say about Thoreau mm. is that even though he wanted to go live in the woods, even though he had this big big experience, he never wanted to be a recluse. And I think it's really, really important to mention that he believes in this and like in getting away only to find yourself. Because he also understood that you can't hide from society. Mm-hmm. At some point... He knew he'd have to reenter society and he did, but he wanted to see what he could learn about himself and about nature so that he could be like a responsible person and citizen to reenter society and be prepared to be a good member of society.
0: And this is so interesting in speaking within the times that we currently are sitting because, you know, 2020 was a year of quarantines and shutdowns and, People being forced to be on their own and be by themselves and live in this isolation. But it was an artificial isolation. I mean people were ordering stuff well you could still get stuff delivered to your house and your groceries. It's this super weird almost almost like cosplay. Not cosplay. It's like a it's like a fake. Aloneness in this weird cause you can text somebody on phone, you it's know, a phone. Like it's you a can,
1: different. I don't know if it's fake. It's different. It's different. It's a different kind of isolation. Yeah.
0: But he was seeking He was true isolation. isolation. And he
1: has plenty of really good quotes about solitude. Right. You know? Be be company with yourself first. Until you can actually truly know yourself and be friends with yourself. There's no point meeting other people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so bit, yeah. I think
1: all that to say, like I think we went off on a tangent on Thoreau, but I I do for me at least, he's influential in us moving to the farm. Oh yeah. I've always connected to his work and now it's like, oh man, I can get to go live my Thorevian dreams, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Thorovian dreams. <laughs>
1: but on top of that, you mentioned twenty twenty, and I feel like twenty twenty is very important because it is a catalyst for us being down well, here. Well it's
0: literally the age of the lockdown. Like, there was never a lockdown beforehand. Well, and, and okay, like, it
1: makes you think. I think it's just eye opening. I think we all already knew it. But the minute that everything stops and there were grocery shortages and you can't leave your house, and okay, if something were to actually happen, can I take care of myself? Yeah. And that's when it's like, okay, I, I, I want to be prepared. I if want to know how to feed driving. myself, grow my food, be physically whoop, whoop, capable. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Okay, Okay, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Sorry, I get excited.
0: So here are the four pillars of the Curly Cultivation. Uh,
1: The podcast version. What? Remember how you said the podcast is more in-depth, Instagram is a little more shallow. So this is the podcast version. I can give my Instagram versions later.
0: Okay, well, maybe we'll end with that. Okay. So number one is family. Number two is self-reliance. Number three is questioning ideology. And the fourth pillar is nature. And so those are kind of broad uh, topics. So to focus in, this is what we'll spend the remainder of the episode doing. I think we'll definitely get through the end of it with this. So first off, a big portion, a big reason that we moved down to the farm was for family.
1: I feel like in multiple different ways and family in different directions.
0: Damn. Family in different directions. One of the big reasons was uh, just wanting Emmett and Callahan to grow up a rural country. Area. You know, we existence. had the
1: opportunity to give them a childhood with land to roam on Animals to take care of, a small school where they knew everybody.
0: Well, and responsibilities. I mean, yeah,
1: with that, with the responsibilities that come with it. Right. And I feel like I don't know how to pass that up. Like, I think that's a beautiful childhood.
0: It And you can already see it in both of them that they like it. I mean, we've out of the back uh, of the property I've built and I ran it the other day. Was it what was it? Two point two miles. I don't know. I think it's 2.2 miles of running trail, single track running trail that I've cut just directly behind our house. And so it's really fun to be able to go back there with the boys and then be hiking on... They have
1: hiking trails in their backyard. Yeah. Like, white well, little kid does not want that. Yeah. And if you could give it to your kid, why wouldn't you do it, you Plenty know? Plenty of
0: area to uh, explore and roam and and have a good time with. So uh, they were both... So us and the kids you know primarily well i think it's
1: yeah the kids we moved down here because this is what we wanted for them on top of that we both prioritize our time with them right and that's huge for us we could both go get different i mean i could go get a job first of all Mm -hmm. (laughs) you could go get a different job and heck we could probably be making a killing but we want—we just won't sacrifice our time with our kids. Right, it's, they're we're growing trying. up and they'll be gone someday, and it's I like don't. We're trying miss to it.
0: have our cake and eat it too, you know.
1: I mean, in a
0: good way. It's, it's we're having a of,
1: different cake.
0: Yeah, we're eating a different cake. We're going to
1: sacrifice money, but I—it's invaluable to me that my time with them.
0: It is, and I think that that what part of what's fun about the farm is that we can, like Callahan, for instance. The other day he was helping me snip branches to clearing a portion of the land you know and just the fact that he gets to work on projects or contribute with and, you with me yeah and feel like he's or actually be constructive you know yeah. it's just really cool it I, it just offers a lot of opportunities and that was a big draw for us so from we're
1: America. yeah i feel like anyone who follows us through instagram or podcast or whatever our kids are going to be included. Oh yeah, big time. It's there's no us without them.
0: No, yeah, they're 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 the the homies for sure. And so we also moved for the multi multi generational aspect of the farm. Uh, currently, Shannon's granddad, Emmett and Callahan's great granddad, is still the main patriarch of the farm. He's the main one working it uh Dan and he day runs out. the cattle. He runs the cattle and feeds them and tractors and uh <laughs> he, he, tractors. Hand, he he tractors a lot. So. <laughs> but he's got a whole bunch of different stuff that he handles and does around here. And so
1: Emmett and Callahan will take turns riding the tractor with him yep. or they like to go feed the cows with him. Yep.
0: Just... And that's been something that's been super fun and interesting to watch. Um
1: then my parents are down here, just yep. just right down the road from us,
0: on the opposite end of the land. Yeah, uh, and all of that's been great. You know, your parents have been retired for a little while, and then my parents, it's a fairly short drive for them to come down here and visit. And yeah. so they've already been down what, I like, guess, two times. More? Three, I thought I was going to say three. Yeah. Maybe three times. Yeah, they've been down. I feel like they've almost
1: been down once a month.
0: Well, and they've helped us actually. They helped us move down. Yeah, so so almost four times. Yes, they've actually been down four. Yeah. Anyway, so that's been a good time, too. Yeah. You know, and so. It's one of those things that it's just uh, more, is it traditional way of life? Can you say that? Or I don't know
1: about, traditional encompasses a lot, so right. I'm, not, I'm not sure about that. But it's funny because even before we moved down here, we talked about the beauty of multi-generational conversations and how our society tends to not have that because your kids are typically in daycare and your grandparents might be in a retirement home. Mm. And I'm not I'm not trying to judge people. People have to do what they have to do. Oh, but I'm yeah. saying it tends to break up this family nucleus. yeah, the nucleus. Whereas we had an opportunity to be with our mm-hmm. my parents and grandparents, and again, not everybody gets that opportunity. Right. So it feels kind of then weird to not take it. Right. Like I mean, my my kids get to know their great grandparents, and that's rare. And not only get to know them, but spend days with them. Mm-hmm. And then it, it's not even just about him and Callahan, but I think about my grandparents. It's like, is that not the most beautiful gift that they could have? Like, I mean,
0: at the end of
1: their life, their life to get to spend this. These are their only grand great grandchildren. To get to
0: see the beginning. Of another, you know, like they've, it's it is crazy the intergenerational aspect of that where they're watching what they remember, also, like to a degree. I mean, nobody completely remembers being a kid or being younger. It's a full you know? circle of life. But it's interesting because they can actually view it. Like I, I feel like even for me, I'm only in my thirties now, but I view a person in there. Um, what are the lower ages, single digits, teens, 20s, I view those people different. Whenever I look at them and I talk to them mm, and they say, there. they say, oh, well, I'm 22. I'm like, oh, gosh, like I, I can go back there in my head and remember how I absolutely knew nothing and was making really stupid statements about how much I knew, you <laughs> yeah. know? When in hindsight, it's like, man, I didn't know anything. But that's part of being 20 and that's part of what's so good about it is that you're kind of loose-lipped and uh, full of um, optimism or whatever.
1: Loose-lipped and full of optimism. Yeah,
0: at least hopefully. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Anyway, so that's pillar number one. We'll expand on that uh, in the future. Well, yeah, so that's
1: the whole part of the pillars, right? This is what we'll be coming back to this, again and again and yeah, again. This is what be... you're going to see and hear because it's what we stand for. It's what we prioritize.
0: Right. And and a lot of these, it's funny because we say four pillars as if they're four separate things, but all of them are really under the same. You know, They all blend. Yeah. Roof, maybe, so well, to speak. Well,
1: uh, I mean, like if you're building a house, four pillars would have the same roof.
0: Right. Right. Four corners. And the same yeah. foundation. It all supports the same one roof. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, number two is self-reliance. This uh, is basically... This is the pillar that says, uh, I want to be in charge of my own life.
1: So this is very Thoreauian or um, transcendentalist even, because Emerson has a whole essay called Self-Reliance. Right, right. And it's be able to take care of yourself. And I feel like in Amarillo even if you want to take care of yourself and you do, there's almost a limit on it because everything is at your fingertips. You know what I mean?
0: Well, to a degree, you, everything is so much at your fingertip. I mean, it's given to you. Yeah. essentially. Actually like, um, one of the things about 2020 that I think we both realized that I think a lot of the country realized was that the supply chain was limited uh, for the first time in my life, I remember seeing like entire aisles of groceries that just weren't there.
1: But before that, even if you wanted to be self-reliant, everything, like, you know, mom and I would joke about it. It's like, oh, I can go bake bread. But I mean, I can always just go buy bread if that doesn't work out or if I right. don't have time to.
0: Or Yeah, you if know. something, if the crops don't make, You're you good. know, like we had our garden in the backyard. Let's say that the... um that the squash bugs go crazy and, and kill the whole thing. Well, it sucks that our garden went down, but I can buy squash and zucchini at the grocery store for the rest. Yeah. Of, you know. And so,
1: I mean, we still can here. It's not like we are living on an Island somewhere, but it is there. The grocery store is not right there. You have to drive to go to the grocery store. And it, I think it's also just intention. We're being more intentional about being self-reliant Yeah. I want to be able to again take care of myself. And I mean that mentally, physically, I want to know where my food's coming from. I want to be able to move my body. There's
0: definitely a spiritual aspect of it. Yeah. You know, and I think I think that such a large portion of the angst of the modern age is the fact that people used to work on subsistence farms and they may not have a lot of money, but they had everything that they needed. They could, you know, they could live off of their farm. Yeah. And now you stick somebody in the middle of the city in an apartment. You know. Well,
1: and yeah, if things went down, <clears throat> could you actually feed yourself? Like, do people, I mean, could somebody feed themselves? You know, feed themselves? Well, I think that's I what's know.
0: interesting is we're currently, so these, these are all aspirations within the pillars like we're aspiring to this so uh one of the things that we're going to be doing is building our beds we haven't built the beds yet so we're still in a position where we're not self yeah
1: it's just what i want to work towards it's
0: just a goal that we're striving towards and (sighs) kind of a uh, maybe a driving principle or yeah
1: i want I feel like some of the best ways that you can respect something is by understanding it and putting work into it. I want to respect my food. I don't want to just grab something because it's easy and then throw it out when he gets old. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, the Earth provided us with this. It should be tr- treated more sacred than that.
0: At cost, I mean, like there there is a yeah. cost to everything that we're enjoying, and I I definitely feel that we're more viscerally being reminded that day in and day out, you know? Yeah.
1: So I just want to get back in touch with, with that. I want to know where everything comes from and participate in it.
0: So part of self-reliance is that we're striving for autonomy. Yeah. And, uh, also that society talks to you. So wherever you're at, your surroundings, Everything is saying something to you.
1: Would this be under the challenging ideologies?
0: Um maybe. I just had it noted underneath. Hmm, okay, this. no,
1: you that's fine. I'm just, so I just I guess think they, they all part, blend. Part so. of
0: the, part of the self part of the self-reliance that I would say though is separating yourself from from society, being a little bit less reliant on society.
1: Yeah. You can expect society to take care of you and you may get lucky and for your whole life it might. But, hey, there also might be things that society cannot provide for you, or catastrophes may, ha- catastrophes may happen, and you need to know how to take care of yourself.
0: Well, we've talked about this a little bit, but we are the uh, spoiled brats of history. You know, we're, we are the, at least me, I can speak to myself. I mean, I'm uh, the, I've been kept in a cradle of comfort my whole life, you know, Um So part of self-reliance is being capable and part of being capable is, so this is one underneath the second pillar, but this is, I think, something that we're probably both, we're both passionate about and I think will come out is uh, physical fitness. So you work out really hard. You got some good workouts uh, I've been running, I'm starting to work out a little bit harder. I need to be more disciplined, of course, as as I think everybody who's aging needs to, probably everybody just in general needs to be a little bit more disciplined, uh, to a degree. But I think that being a having self-responsibility for your health, for your fitness, for how you move, how you feel, how you think, it's all underneath the same umbrella. When
1: it's oh, sorry, sorry, continue. You can finish that thought. No, go ahead. I thought you were done. Um, it's the mindset of, you know, if you want something done right, do it yourself. Mm. I can take care of myself better than someone else can. Yes, I I just can. So I'm not gonna wait till I need someone, whether it's society or a doctor or whoever it is, to step in and help me, because I can I can do it better. I can take care of myself. I don't want to wait mm. until I need someone to step in to help me again, excluding like
0: surgery or something.
1: Yeah. I mean, there are circumstances that happen. There I'm just talking about lifestyle. There
0: are definitely professionals.
1: Yeah. I'm things. not trying to say that they're not necessary, but, but um, just for my own, just basic health. I so That's my job. I need to do that.
0: A portion of this self-reliance side is apocalypse uh, in nature. I mean, We've had a previous episode over zombieism, and I think that I mean pretty early on in our relationship, we were joking about the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. One of your first gifts that you got me was an apocalypse it's a apocalypse bucket gift, yeah, yeah, like with a bunch of stuff. So, it's definitely one of those things that I would be very surprised if something cataclysmic doesn't happen in the next twenty to thirty. I years. mean,
1: I don't I guess I I don't know if I can put a time frame on it, but at some point something will happen. I mean, look at history, right? right. Things happen mm-hmm. and you never know when.
0: You never know when. And you never know what it's gonna look like and and what society is going to this is what I think is interesting. What society is going to devolve into, but also what society is going to evolve into. Because I think there's always this Mad Max version of the apocalypse where everybody is killing each other and it's a dog eat dog world and there's no way, you know, but I, I definitely think that there's another aspect of disasters that a lot of people overlook, which is, you know, a lot of times when a disaster hits, it brings out the best in people. There's a lot of, uh, people who become a lot less selfish, they become a lot less selfish. And selfless, yeah. They become more selfless, yeah. And they, you know, uh, start doing heroic things, you know. So who knows? It's going to be an exciting time. Like Mr. Time. Rogers.
1: He said, always look for the helpers. Mm. There, there are always going to be helpers. Always. Look for the helpers.
0: Yeah, that's good. Mr. Yeah. Rogers was dope. So anyway, that's number two. Let's go to number three. That is, this I think is an important pillar, is questioning ideologies. So mainstream narratives are telling you to think one way. You can argue whether that's a moral compass type thing. Like mainstream media should be telling us to think one way or the other. and. Yeah,
1: you can figure out if it's a conspiracy or not or just
0: harmful or not even. Well, yeah,
1: is it is it conscious? Is it just implicit messaging? But I mean, take a Take Lay's potato chips. I mean, Emmett has seen commercials for those and he's five right he's probably been watching commercials for lay since he was two even though
0: we've never had cable we've never even had
1: cable but i mean he sees it he still Mm -hmm. knows it's everywhere and there are there's messaging behind that brand Mm -hmm. and it's telling you what kind of food you should eat and how to eat it like i mean especially like tortilla chips it's always like partying like share with your friends and have a party have fun again it can seem stupid and like simple messaging But there's always messaging. And that's, again, just a simple example. But think about everything that they're taking in at all times. There's some billboards, TVs, computers, phones, school systems, radio. They're all saying something. Mm -hmm. And what are they saying?
0: And we want to question the why. (sighs) Did you sneeze into the microphone? No, I turned. Okay. I, I don't have my headphones on, so I was looking down when it happened. Oh. But um, we want to question the why. Like, why am I being told what I'm being told? <laughs> what is oh, me. the context around what I'm being told?
1: I think this actually relates back to one of the first things we discussed, um, which was life takes over, right? And so you just tend to fall into a way of living and before you know it, you're in the rat race and you're expected to get a good paying job, a respectable job, you need a house, you need a nice car and you need these things. And again, you don't really need them, but that's the messaging that tends to happen you tend to just if you're not careful, it's really easy to fall in, well now I need this, well now I need this, and I need this purse and I need this look and I need this house and I need this car. And why, why, why do we need it? You know, and so that's where I think relating back, I we were finding ourselves in that of like well, are are we supposed to get a bigger house? Well, our our car is the crappy set of everybody we know. Is that okay? Like what? And then it's like I don't I don't actually care. Who cares if we drives the ha- if we drive a happy car? I can't. A speak. Happy car. We're happy. Who cares if we drive a crappy car?
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I do think it is. It is interesting. You you don't. You don't get to choose how you're raised, and or who you're raised by. This is goes the same for us as with Emmett and Callahan are going to be facing this now. You know, they're going to get some great things from us, and they're going to get some handicaps. Uh, Same thing with the society at large; they're going to get some some good things, and they're going to get some things that are holding them back from maybe holding society back. It's almost a larger. It's almost a different thing than the individual. Uh, Uh,
1: I guess, again, I don't mean to keep coming back to Thoreau, but I feel like I share his same philosophy. Society works really well when you have responsible citizens. When you have citizens who are Which means you have
0: citizens who have ownership of... The society itself.
1: Yeah. And so uh, there's. They're invested. In you it. can argue different ethical perspectives on everything, but just as of right now, the messaging is just telling people to buy more. You know, it's funny because even on Instagram, I follow a lot of secondhand accounts, you know, like, hey, let's be more sustainable, right? And they always say the most sustainable option is looking in your closet, the most sustainable option is buying nothing.
0: Mhm.
1: And so they always joke about how it's funny that all these companies are still trying to market and sell to you by claiming they're sustainable. So buy more. We're green. It's like a, I mean, that's not sustainability though. Right. You may be a recycling now. Good job. But I mean, maybe the solution is not buying more. How much more could we possibly have? You know?
0: I mean, that's, I think the hard thing, I heard a, uh, I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast today and I don't know if this is a true statistic or not, but they talked about it and they said, if you make $35,000 a year, you're in the top 1% of the world. And it's just kind of, you know, mind boggling when you think about it. It's like 35,000 is I think technically considered poverty in the United States. You know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and that's actually puts you in the top one percent of the whole world, and, and it's funny in t- economic terms. But I don't necessarily know if that if those economic terms translate to uh, satisfied, fulfilled, happy. Well, lifestyle. yeah,
1: that's what I was gonna say. It's something that I talked about with a friend a couple months ago. I'm trying to think of how we talked about it. Basically, like how many. How many bills do I need to have a month to live? So sure, you someone may make a lot of money, but you got electricity, insurance, food, utilities, a gym membership, gas, your car payment, car insurance, I mean internet, your cell phone payment. You might have a trash service. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're recycling and that costs money. And I mean, I'm sure I'm missing some. I mean, Netflix. Oh, we're missing a ton. You know, I mean, so it's like, okay, I, I <laughs> it's just so much. I don't much. even
0: think you said food.
1: Well, yeah, just groceries. Yeah. You know, so sure, people can make a lot of money compared to someone else. But how much are how much of this money are you having to spend? You ha- to be in society. It's Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, right? Mm-hmm. Where we can make great improvements in society, like technological and industrial improvements that are really great and cool until they're forced upon you to even, for you to even be within society. Right. So sure, I don't need a cell phone. You're right. I don't need it. I don't need internet. I don't need a car. I don't need all this stuff. But to be in society, you kind of do. I mean, you at least need to have access to it if you're going to go apply for a job or check email or anything like that, you can't just cut all these things out, you know?
0: Well, I, and yeah, it's even kind of crazy that, I mean, you talk about first world problems, but my Garmin watch was messing up. And I was hooking into my computer and the service lady who I was like messaging with online was like, Oh, you have an Apple computer? Well, that's going to be a problem. And uh, my my watch still doesn't work correctly at the moment because of this software weird whatever. It needed to be, I guess, a Windows computer that I need to be plugging it into or something. But it is just interesting um, going back to the Biggie Smalls uh, quote, mo' money, mo' problems. You know, I mean, the the more you have the more you want, you know, and then the more it requires you to have. It's kind of a weird uh, snake eating itself type situation. But anywho, that's... um,
1: So I I think, well, real quick, sorry, just to go off it real quick. That's, that is a part of society right now, whether anybody likes it or not, that is the way it is. And so I think a lot of that, there are really, I mean, the internet is good. It is cool. Like, I'm not trying to just dog on the internet or something, but it's just thinking about those things. Let's have conversations about them. I think that's what we're getting at with questioning ideologies. Do we need all these things? What's it it mean when you make a lot of money but all of your money has to then leave your pocket to afford your lifestyle? Mm -hmm. Um, What does it mean to have a nice house or a nice car?
0: Shout out to cryptocurrencies. What is currencies? What is money to begin with? Yeah, so I just think...
1: Again, it's more just about having conversations about these things. And we, Dexter and I have both often said, like, when we came to this farm, it was more almost about running away from a lifestyle than it even was coming to a lifestyle. Like, we wanted both. But I just wanted to get out of things. I just wanted to get away from things. And here, we still have bills. It's not like we got away from bills. Mm -hmm. But a lot of what we want to do and continue to do and will do on this podcast and other in social media platforms, is asking questions. I mean, simple questions. Why is it bad that our kids get dirty? I mean, simple. But I mean, it's like moms get judged for that. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, what you don't bathe your kid every single day? Like, uh, no,
0: no. <laughs> They're kids. They're disgusting. I don't bathing need... one of them. They're <laughs> it's miserable. They yell at me. So but... that's number three.
1: Yeah, so I feel like there's a lot. There's a lot in each of these. Well, and I I think
0: that's what's interesting is part of the reason that we chose these as the pillars is because they encompass so much. So, I mean, questioning ideologies. I mean, it'll easily be a fourth of what we talk about from here on out. Yeah. Just because it's such an encompassing and it is so much of what we are or were. And I think
1: this is what we talked about right before the podcast is. I don't want anyone to think one specific way. The goal for us is never to make anyone think something. It's just to make them think, period. And it's I al- don't care if people disagree with me. That's fine. Well, and
0: it's almost better the more ways people find a solution. So, yeah. So, for instance, um, we, we worked with the deck of cards that we were given.
1: And I understand that not everybody has the same deck.
0: Yeah, we played with that hand. But... And it, it will grant us advantages and disadvantages. And other people's decks grant them advantages and disadvantages. And so part of the whole questioning ideologies is redefining what success is and allowing each person to be successful within their own metrics. Yeah. Which is kind of an interesting. Yeah. Uh, which is anti-ideology in yeah. a sense. So anyway, that's pillar number three. Pillar number four is nature, and I think I've always, I think, largely disagreed with the Western thought of nature, which is something that needs to be conquered and subdued and tamed and used, whereas I always think of it more in the terms of, for instance, this last year we grew tomatoes. All you have to do is put the plant in the ground and snip it occasionally I think, and trim it up. I think
1: it's, you're still taking care of it. I think there's just a difference in... Um, I'm trying to think of how I want to word to me, it. it, it me, Raping the earth versus respecting
0: the earth. I think it feels, to me, whenever I'm growing a tomato plant, or at least this last year when we were growing tomato plants, it did not feel like I was in any way controlling nature exactly I, felt like I think that's I was the difference like almost in the I this is probably the wrong terminology but it's almost like a worship of nature it's almost like a respect yeah throwing a respect throwing um an acknowledgement of saying like what
1: oh nothing sorry you just laugh
0: at me <laughs> yeah
1: was, you well, you're pushing it's your hair, hair up and you yeah. start to turn into Kramer
0: yeah it it's a uh, it's a mess, I'm sorry, it's a mess and and we're talking about crazy things. I know
1: that's what it's like for anybody who's listening, Dexter is currently running his fingers through his hair,
0: which I have very curly hair, so it and so it's it, so.
1: just you're making it stand up on purpose, not I mean you're not personally doing it, but you are making it stand up. It is
0: now standing up and so
1: it's just kind of fun. I'm just watching you as you're like pulling it like out Fluffing. <laughs> like, oh, stuff fluffing your hair. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, sorry, listeners, for that little <laughs> I couldn't help
1: but couldn't help it.
0: But, um, so, w- one of the things is that we know that there's a lot to learn from nature. And so, I think, you know, uh, Western ideologies oftentimes demonize human nature. It's like, well, that's the thing that needs to be beaten. That's one of the things that needs to be subdued and tamed is human nature. We have to create laws to ensure that individuals are going to uh, act correctly or going to fit into their roles. It's a, it's an interesting, it's an interesting dichotomy, maybe good nature versus bad nature. Um, But we are trying to acknowledge the fact that humanity is a visitor to this planet.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think that's what I come back to on my view with nature is nature was here before me and it will be here after me. I'm, I'm visiting, you know, I'm the visitor here. I'm only here for a short time.
0: It is interesting. And this might be a little bit of an unnecessary digression, but when you say that, you know, that we're visitors here, it almost says that we're not a part of nature in a sense Whenever in reality this is just a part of yeah. the, the 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 rhythm, the But it's just a piece of nature. I'm right. just a piece Very of nature. Piece. Very small piece. It's it's a uh, one piece of the whole. Yeah. Not the whole thing. So And
1: I guess again, I mean, I believe in God, so I, I believe in nature as a product of of God. And so then it feels just wrong to not respect it. And again I think respecting nature does come back to uh not just wasting thing not don't waste your food don't just buy unnecessary plastics you know I mean just things like that all come back to respecting nature right mm-hmm. Like let's just be conscious with our decisions because this we only have one Earth to live on until Elon Musk fears out Mars.
0: One well, <laughs> even then it won't be it won't be Earth. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what I think is interesting. The gravity the gravity's wrong on Mars. So let's say we terraformed Mars and it, it's uh, which is gonna would would take thousands and thousands of years to terraform Mars. But let's say we did tomorrow. The gravity's still wrong.
1: I mean, I don't pretend to know anything about it. Well, I'm just saying I'm it's I'm just, just simply saying smaller. we have one Earth.
0: It's smaller, so... Yeah, I'm... So, humanity, it's just... It, digression. It is It is a digression, but it's one of those things where just... Uh, it is a slight aside, but it's saying we are exactly where we belong. Yeah. Right? You know, this, this is not a mistake that we're on Earth, and it's not, you know, an accident. So, but... I think it's just part of it is that we are subject to it. It is not subject to us,
1: which I think is a beautiful thing. It is beautiful. I don't. I don't think that has to be, you know. Like I don't think people need to think of it in terms of subjugation. It's just that hey, it it provides for us, mm-hmm. and we tend to it. It's a and beautiful we relationship. Get a, we get a
0: lot more good out of it than bad. I mean, yeah. if you think how many days is a beach, a shoreline hurricane torn versus blue bird skies you know yeah so anyway nature provides so one of the things that i'm interested in exploring in the near future is the native perspective this perspective of belonging to the land and being one with the land and kind of being of the land in an interesting um maybe ideology in itself i don't know but It's just, I think that that's something that would benefit our current society. And then uh, life offers a lot of amazing things that I think in a lot of times we're just, we overlook it.
1: Yeah, I think that's a huge one. And so, you know, I was talking about like Instagram will have kind of a simpler version of these terms and pillars, and one of them is just simplicity. You don't need a lot to truly find joy. I mean it's so simple. It's so simple. <sighs> Breathing in a beautiful fresh air, mm-hmm. seeing a sunrise, sipping coffee, hearing your kids laugh, reading a good book.
0: So I have a I have a captain here in Stephenville, my the captain at my station, and he gets a huge kick out of like Christmas lights. So he spent all day putting lights on the Christmas on the fire station, which interred having the bucket truck up and yeah. moving it around. I mean they had to reposition the truck a whole bunch of times. It took a lot of time and and it just made him so happy yeah. just to have those Christmas lights up there And it's the simplest thing, but it's the the ability to find true satisfaction out of I mean I I've never been a huge fan of putting up a Christmas tree but last year and this year and I'd really say since Emmett has been able to start participating in the Christmas tree um sorry about to okay so I almost had to sneeze. I think I fought it off it's still kind of lingering but but watching Emmett and Callahan put christmas ornaments on the christmas tree changes the entire experience you know and it's the it's a simple thing you know it's something i've done every christmas my entire life has put up a christmas tree but the simple thing of having the kids my kids putting ornaments yeah, it's on just tree,
1: finding joy in things
0: it's the simplest so, thing.
1: i have this quote that i'd read that i love it says do not ask your children to strive for extraordinary lives Such striving may seem admirable, but is the way of foolishness. Help them instead to find the wonder and the marvel of an ordinary life. Show them the joy of tasting tomatoes, apples, and pears. Show them how to cry when pets and people die. Show them the infinite pleasure in the touch of a hand, and make the ordinary come alive for them. Then the extraordinary will take care of itself. Mm. Like Once you find joy in the simple things, the simple things become big things. You'll have no problem finding big things. But when you only look for big things, you miss the little things.
0: And it's one of those things that having children has really added to my life and really contributed, I feel like given me uh, is the smell. Like Callahan, <laughs> whenever he wakes it. up in the morning and he's like drooled, and so like half of his head is drool soaked, and he's, you know, probably sweated all night or whatever. And you like smell that child, and it, it's almost. A drug in itself. Like it's it's like this Oh
1: man. I smell his feet all day long. And they might be <laughs> kind of stinky, but it's like a good stinky. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like oh so man, weird. these toes. These I toes. know
0: it's so <laughs> weird. It's like it's like you're smelling the potential of the human race. You know? <laughs> it's like a really weird thing. Like there's just so much. I don't know it's just a beautiful thing and it's so simple. That's I guess that's what I'm really trying to focus on and or uh the smell of freshly brewed coffee in the morning, you know? Like that smell actually makes me feel good. Like it yeah. gives me like a a euphoric feeling of like <sighs> oh yes you know (laughs) that may be different (laughs) i can make it through the day you know like just smelling that coffee i think a
1: lot about our wind chimes Mm. like outside of our kitchen on our porch we have these big wind chimes and we keep the door open and so all day long you hear the wind chimes and it's so beautiful Mm -hmm. i just love it i love being in the kitchen and just hearing it oh yeah it's just so simple
0: and it's random, but it, sometimes it almost seems intentional yeah. in, a, in a strange way. Well, those are our four pillars, and we're at an hour and 12 minutes.
1: Yeah, so those are just kind of the things that we stand for and we hope to, to work towards. Please
0: follow us on our Instagram.
1: Smash that subscribe Smash. button. I Smash. think that's what they say. Do, 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 do.
0: I think it's the like button, maybe.
1: Smash that like button. Yeah, do
0: whatever you need to do. Um, hop over, follow us on Instagram. I really hope that you enjoy this journey with us, and that you will subscribe, and that you will listen. Uh, you're going to. We're probably going to drag you through some uh, sloppy attempts at at trying to learn what we're doing.
1: Like you said, it's a journey. It we is don't a journey. have it figured out. We're not. We all those things that we said. We're not there yet. Well, it's and, a journey,
0: and even uh, production-wise, you know, we're hoping yeah. to. Um, Get Love some, great. get some better equipment, and, you know. Hopefully, eventually do video and whatnot. So we
1: sacrificed all of our money for children, so yes.
0: and <laughs> we're, we're still there. sacrificing. Yeah. So, but anyway, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. We really enjoyed making it, and uh, hopefully we'll be a little bit more uh, punctual huh. on our episode. Don't
1: make promises
0: you can't keep. I never made a promise. I said hopefully. <laughs> that was a that was an optimistic wish so anyway thank y'all for listening thank y'all for joining in uh remember follow us on Curly cultivation uh we uh, we both also have an in, individual instagram but if uh you, follow you can the find Kirli, us on. yeah the Curly cultivation so, anyway thank y'all for listening and until next time peace